We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left-handed off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is Luke Dart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, September 27th. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I'm your host for the evening, the guy that knows nothing, Jacob Niffin. My co-host, or yes, my co-host, who doesn't know that he doesn't know nothing, Taylor Peterson. You know, that's actually probably a pretty accurate description of me and my basketball knowledge. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, I mean, just really disappointing. Uh, I'm just so ready for the season to start. No content to talk about. Just another another boring off-season podcast. Yep. Nothing no happened superstar today trades. on Wednesday, September 27th. No GMs talking basketball. Before we dive into all of the news, the Sam Presti press conference and the Damian Lillard trade today. I want to take a few moments to tell you guys, first off, you can find the uncontested YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Also, a few exciting notes. First one, Thunder Fan Fest is coming up in about a week and a half, Taylor. It will take place Sunday, October 8th from 5.30 to 8.30, right outside of the Paycom Center. I think Taylor and I are going to make an appearance at Thunder Fan Fest. Taylor, what are you looking forward to the most? Oh, that's really tough. Um, hmm. I'm a little torn. but I mean, obviously, at, on Sunday, we talked about the street ball skills challenge, which is going to be awesome. So I'm not going to cover that. But what I'm really torn b- between is the first 1,000 fans receive a limited edition Thunder hat. And it's not just any Thunder hat. This isn't like they're just going and printing something off. They're collabing with Shop Goods. And if you own any Shopgood t-shirts, any Thunder gear from Shopgood, you know it's going to be amazing. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. Combined with something that you and I actually talked about, Jacob, when we talked about going, there's going to be a full, like basically street, full row of local OKC food trucks. 
And you Sign and I know there are some up. incredible OKC local oh, food trucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm a little torn between the two. It, between those two, what are you looking forward to the most? As well as anything else, obviously. I'm looking forward to the hats. First 1K fans get the limited edition hat. There's going to be a street ball challenge. I'm going to go hoop up on some 12-year-olds. All the Thunder entertainers will be out there, uh, whether it be the Thunder drummers or the Thunder girls or the raindrops or the Thunder dancers. All those will be out there. Uh, they're going to be doing like some local designs on the downtown OKC court, courtesy of some local artists. Tons of stuff for the kids. It's going to be a blast. Make sure you make it out Sunday, October 8th, 5.30 to 8.30 outside the Paycom Center. You have to get a ticket. And to get the ticket, you got to register at okcthunder.com slash fanfest. Once again, okcthunder.com slash fanfest. Go sign up. We're going to get some YouTube content while we're out there. So um, like like A. Smoot in the chat here saying, Jacob going to whoop his old students in some street ball. <laughs> we'll have some YouTube content. So make sure that you are tuning in. Other announcement, very excited that Thunder Media Day is coming up this Monday, October 2nd. And our guy, Taylor Peterson, going to be at Media Day with Nick Crane this year. How very you feel excited. About uh, I'm ecstatic. Uh, very appreciative of the opportunity. I want to give a quick shout out to our guy, Jacob who would be there as well, but unfortunately uh, has some other obligations going on that day and won't be able to make it, which is the reason he won't be there with me. I know. I Gotta know. do the old nine to five. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go put on my hard hat and go down the coal mine. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's going to be great. You and Nick are going to get some fantastic content at media day. With that being said, we will not be podcasting Sunday night. So if you are used to tuning into the Sunday night live stream, or if you are used to waking up to an uncontested pod in your feed Monday morning, it will not be there. We are recording Monday night after media day. So once media day is concluded, Taylor and Nick get home with all the stuff they've absorbed from like eight hours of press availability. <laughs> we will hop on a podcast and we'll talk about everything we heard, everything we learned. So do not join on Sunday because we won't be here. Tune in on Monday. And then it'll be Big a day. Monday show, another normal Wednesday show. That following Sunday is Fan Fest. We'll podcast after that. And then that next Monday, Taylor, about 11 days from now. Chet versus Wemby. Thunder Spurs, Chet Wemby. Preseason game number one. It is oh, almost so here. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't say Chet versus Wimby. I should say Thunder versus Spurs. Uh, Chet versus Wimby is kind of the fun highlight there. But again, just a lot to look forward to. And Jacob, just like you outlined, this upcoming week, we finally have made it. It is basketball Mama, season. Mama, we made it. In Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City. Can't wait. Who hey. was the, the NFL guy who said that in the interview? Was he a Jets guy? It's can't like from wait. a long time ago. They like won a playoff series. Or a playoff game, and they were going to a, the next game. She says, "Like, we'll see you at Lambeau Field next week." And he goes, "Can't wait." I don't remember. I don't this. know who that is. That's amazing. But uh, Jet in the chat sounds, knows that. Drop it. Jet sounds correct because uh, they they really really make the playoffs. Gary <laughs> uh, Cicero says Bart Scott. Carrie's got it. Our guy Carrie. 
Shout out, Carrie. Hey, really Shout quick, speaking of it being OKC or it being basketball time in OKC before we dive into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, we do have a lot to break down, I realize. But this hasn't really been like publicized, which is kind of interesting, but I actually came across it today when I was at work. Uh, sources tell me Mayor Holt and the Thunder will be on site at Thunder Courts or at the Thunder Courts at Lower Scissor Tell Park tomorrow at 10 a.m. to announce a campaign, an official campaign for the new downtown arena. And included in that will be the name of this campaign and next steps. So we've talked a lot about this, obviously, and all the Thunder podcast and the Thunder articles have been written about the the new arena being for it, being against it, et cetera, et cetera. But we talked a lot about like feels like there needs to be some sort of campaign leading up to the vote. Well, that officially kicks off tomorrow. So if you all are available, go check out the the Thunder courts. They're, they're actually really cool. Me and some coworkers walked by them here. Uh, back in the spring uh, out in Sistertail Park. And uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be a big announcement. They'll officially kick off that campaign to try and, and get votes for the new arena. Yep, it officially passed city council eight to one. Uh, was it on Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. And then now, now it will go to a vote of the people December 12th to determine if Oklahoma City will build a new arena. Go vote, yes. Taylor. I was working from home today, didn't have anything on my schedule except for my weekly meeting with my boss on a Zoom call from one to two. And I'm sitting there and my boss and I and some of my colleagues are chatting on this Zoom call and my phone vibrates. And it's sitting on the table and I looked at it and I see it is a Woj notification from Twitter. And... I got to be honest with you. For some reason, I've had like a lot of PTSD with Woj notifications as far as like, am I going to check it? And they're going to say Chet Holmgren has injured himself in a workout again or something like, and I see the word breaking and I thought it happened. That's exactly what I thought. The Damian Lillard trade finally goes down just a few days before media day in Portland. So you knew they were trying to make a deal quick. Out of nowhere, off the top rope, the Milwaukee Bucks come crashing in, stealing the the headlines from the Miami Heat, which personally I love. Dame Dalla headed to the Midwest to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. It's a big three-team trade. We'll dive into all three teams. But Taylor, I just want to start with your initial reaction when this Woj bomb, nuclear bomb, gets dropped on us on a random Tuesday in September. Today's Wednesday. Good Lord. Random Wednesday in September. So I'm thinking a lot about the Dame trade. I mean, as we all do, we're, we're going through Twitter or whatever in the mornings and before we get ready for work, whatever it is. And I just remember thinking, uh, you know, there's reports that, the Blazers are engaged on Dame trade, trying to make it happen before training camp. So I just kept thinking about like, okay, this is a prime opportunity. We're 100% going to get a notification about Dame being traded this upcoming weekend during college football or an NFL Sunday. Dame's going to be traded then before uh, before media availability and uh, season. Right, gosh, what, what am I looking for there? Training camp? No, not training. Oh, I mean, training camp opens on Monday, yes. Uh, But the uh, media days. Media days. That I was looking for there. Uh, So I was fully expecting 
that trade to go down over the weekend. And so I was literally walking down the hallway at work and just like pulled out my phone as I got closer to my office and saw it. And I was like, just like you, I saw breaking news. And I was like, oh my God, it happened. But funny enough, I had the Woj notification, but then I also had a Shams notification on Twitter. And Shams messed it up originally. Yeah, like he I tweeted out, out there was phone, a four-team trade instead of a three-team. Well, it, what I saw, I think, was three-team, but he had the Toronto Raptors and said the Milwaukee Bucks, which is interesting. It makes me wonder if there were some like last-minute negotiations there. Regardless, I saw that. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I opened my phone, tweet deleted, and then I go back to my notifications, Woj bomb, and it's, yeah, it's Milwaukee, and he actually has the details. He was all over it. I'll, so, I'll tell you what that was, shocked. Taylor. I'll tell you exactly what that was. Shams had drafts for different for each Dame team, tweet, Dame, Dame teams, and he just clicked the wrong draft. I guarantee that's what happened. I, I, I would guarantee you're exactly right. Also, great point. Milwaukee a title favorite now? Yes. I don't know if odds have changed. Quite literally. Checked. Quite literally. Uh, you actually put that in our Slack, and then I got busy. I, <laughs> I had to start working again. To your point, and uh, wasn't able to reply to you, but. They are actually title odds now, based off I think it was Bet Online AG, uh, former long or a long time ago they were a a sponsor of the podcast, but I believe they are now title favorites. Hey, I have been telling people who have texted me about this move today. Giannis Dame Middleton might be the best big three in the league. I might put them ahead of Book BLKD, and I don't know who yeah, else you'd put in the conversation. So tough, but you're right. You're right. Just based off age, injury history, et cetera. Like, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, who else would you put in the conversation besides oh, the Phoenix three? There's not really big threes anymore, right? Yeah. And, and even big twos. Like, I'm not putting LeBron and AD there anymore. Yeah, you're not putting um, PG and Kawhi. I mean, I, 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 there's one obvious one. I guess I'll go ahead and just throw it out there. Uh, Shay, Chet, and Dove. <laughs> if you want to make it a big four, you could throw Gideon there, but... Uh, but no, in all seriousness, to your point, it's very hard. It basically, I think it's them and, and the Phoenix big three, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously have to give respect to Jamal and uh, Jokic since they just won the championship. But I don't know. It, it, it's fascinating. I agree. Another part of this trade is it was a three-teamer, the third team being the Phoenix Suns. The Suns ship out 25-year-old former number one overall pick DeAndre Ayton to Portland. In return, Phoenix got Yosef Nurkic, Nasir Little, Grayson Allen, and Keon Johnson. So they get some wing depth. Some second round pick that I don't really, I I didn't know who it was. And it kind of took me off guard because I feel like I typically know prospects. But yeah. Um, So Phoenix gets some wing depth with like Nasir Little. with, I mean, I don't think Keon Johnson will play. I do like Nasir Little. But the big thing is they swap out big guys. DeAndre Ayton for Yosef Nurkic. How do you feel about Phoenix's role in this trade? Do, do you feel like they did well? So surprisingly, I tweeted this out fairly quickly after the trade happened. And it seems like a lot of people are kind of down on the trade for Phoenix. Excuse me. And I understand. Like, I mean, we have a number one overall pick in DeAndre Ayton. And obviously his untapped talent, uh, the flashes that he's shown over the past couple of seasons, I understand that they're stealing with him uh, might not, er, sorry, they're stealing without him might not be quite as high as it would be with him in like a perfect situation. 
But the truth is we've seen enough of him with the Phoenix Suns, and now they brought in Bradley Bill and Kevin Durant. He's going to be even further down the pecking order, maybe that even that he was last season with Chris Paul and Booker. I, I think it was time to move off of Aiton. Uh, I think the relationship was probably too far, too gone. And so to be able to get a, I mean, it's still a big contract, don't get me wrong, but a shorter contract in Nurkic, and then to be able to add more depth pieces, primarily Grayson Allen, but I'm still a fan of Nasir Little. And to be clear, I'm not saying he's going to come off the bench, score double digits, and have five rebounds and a couple he's of blocks. A guy. But right, yeah, he's a fine role guy. Um, and then Keon Johnson, it sounds like they're, they're going to waive him. I actually kind of like him as a prospect for somebody to take a flyer on. But nonetheless, I, I think getting Grayson Allen there, uh, as well as another center that you can use to battle with the big guys. Like I, I liked it for Phoenix. For Phoenix. I, think it was, I think it was fine. I'm opposite side of the road. I think that the, the big part of this trade for them was swapping centers. I think giving DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Ayton a chance with Frank Vogel was the smart thing to do. I just don't think Nurk can guard his own shadow. True. I mean, is he going to like get some rebounds and some points some nights? But he's by far and away the fifth option. I just don't think Nurk is any good. I think he's going to get cooked. I think the best defender on that team now is Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And then who's the backup center? Drew Eubanks is who they Drew Eubanks. Of Portland. Yeah. Shout out Portland. Yeah, they just brought Portland's center, center rotation. rotation over and we saw how good Portland was last year. So <laughs> um I'm just I'm not a fan of it for Phoenix. I know Phoenix Suns fans will tell you like DeAndre Ayton was bad and they didn't want him around anymore. And yeah, and I expect Ayton to go to Portland and play well, like be a twenty too. and ten kind of guy. But I also think too, like even if he doesn't play well or it just Maybe it just wasn't the right fit, fit, and he needed to get out of Phoenix. But I just I don't like the fit of Nurk and Phoenix at all. That's just yeah. my opinion, though. I don't mind it. I don't mind the Nurk I, it, because, to your point, it's going to be a limited role, anyways. And like ultimately, this Phoenix team is going to be at their best when they're they're going five out. Uh, but they also need more personnel to do that. And I think Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen, excuse me, helps that. But I also would would like to see Phoenix somehow be able to find a way to to get another ball handler in. Um, yeah. Zoe Booker isn't the only main ball handler. Portland's side of this deal, Dame is obviously out. DeAndre Ayton is in. They're going to have Ayton, Jeremy Grant, Drew Holiday. That's the other guy they brought in is Drew Holiday. Uh, Drew Holiday, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, Scoot Henderson, um, some other young guys. It's an interesting move. And I do not think that Portland is done with the process by any means. I think drew holiday will be the next to go. We'll see what happens with Jeremy Grant and that contract. They, they did honor it even after day masked out, but I wanted to ask you any, I, I think the entire NBA community believes that drew was going to get moved sooner rather than later. Any Drew landing spots or Drew trades, Drew Holiday trades you have that you find interesting or have cooked up? So the low-hanging fruit is one that's already been rumored and was rumored almost immediately after the trade happened, and that is the Sixers with the whole James Harden. That was mine. We had heard back in the summer that Philly and the Clippers 
discussed a Harden swap, and apparently Philly didn't like the all the stuff they would get from the Clippers. Just turn it into a three-teamer. Exactly. Send all the stuff. Drew to... goes back to the Sixers. That's a fun story. Harden gets to the Clippers, and then the Blazers get essentially the draft compensation. Yeah, all from that trade, all, all, all the stuff, the the Marcus Morris, the uh, Norm Powell, maybe going back to Portland, um, uh, Terrence Mann, the the draft pick or whatever. Like I, I don't think Terrence like will happening. be moved, but in a three team <laughs> trade, that's how they can get away with it without having to include Terrence. No, I I agree completely. That's that's the first one that came to mind, and and obviously it's it's like I said, kind of low hanging fruit because I think a lot of people thought of it. Miami's the other low-hanging fruit. A lot of talk that, well, why don't they just pivot to Drew Holiday? And hey, I think there's a lot. If Portland's front office called Miami and said, oh, hey, you guys want to talk point guard trades? We can talk some point guard <laughs> trades after they just dealt Dame. We'll take that same offer. But for I Drew, would love to listen to that conversation on the phone. That would oh, be Pat Riley would have incredible. so many exclusives. I agree. But he does make a ton of sense in Miami and quote unquote the annoying roll your eyes heat culture like he would be great there. Uh, but really, any contender, Jacob, like I mean, you think about the LA team. So what if what if the Clippers just decide? You know what? And, and granted, as a Thunder fan, I'm very well aware of their future draft compensation that they're able to uh, actually offer. But in comparison to other offers, like what if Clippers just like okay, we'll give you Terrence Mann and and a first and we'll take Drew Holiday instead of trading for Harden. I That's think that makes way one. more sense for the Clippers yeah. than Harden does. Yeah, and then yeah, who the, else? Like, I mean, that. the Knicks is a, another fascinating one. I it's don't hard know to if see the Knicks after much. they made the Bronson move. Right. The Josh and they Hart should move. hold off, get, really, for a I saw somebody mentioned star. Orlando, get a veteran point guard, table setter in Orlando. I don't know how much I like that one. Yeah. Um, Sacramento is a fun one that I was kind of like, thinking of earlier i'm not sure how that would actually happen i'm not sure it makes a ton of sense but i do see drew being a player to come in and kind of take them to that next quote-unquote level kind of put them in the maybe the upper tier dare i say of the western conference but making a trade like that what you would give up I, like doesn't make them a championship contender so i'm not sure it makes sense from yeah. that standpoint but i could see that making a being a move that sacramento would make I'm trying to think of any others like uh, a return to New Orleans. I don't know if that really makes much sense. Uh, Memphis, no. Minnesota doesn't have the the ability to make that move. True. Um, I mean, I've heard some people mention Chicago. Chicago really needs a point guard. Um, I think Chicago <laughs> just gonna needs to get him Zach Levine and yeah, yeah. right. Um, so yeah, I, so there, there's going to be some contenders for sure, but. I mean, Drew on the Celtics would be amazing, but how did the Celtics pull that off? Exactly. Yeah, that'd be a great fit. I just don't see how Cavs, uh, Nets doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Cavs doesn't make much sense. Nets doesn't make much sense. Raptors doesn't make any like Dame made a little more sense than what Drew would make on the Raptors. Yeah. Um, no to Atlanta. So I just, I mean, God knows what Charlotte's doing. So yeah, I just I I. I I don't know. I mean, Warriors is a perfect fit, but they can't make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of going through. Oh, oh, the only other one I'll mention is the Mavericks. But again, how do they make it happen? Yeah, so they already think, have two primary it. ball handlers on the team. I don't see it. <laughs> right. How that works out. Any other trade, Dame, Dame, trade, trade, Dame, Dame, trade, Dame? <laughs> trade, Dame. 
Trey Day. Dang. Damian Lillard's uh, thoughts before we move on to Thunder stuff. I, I just from a buck standpoint, uh, just just to cover it. And there's a lot of national podcasts that will be covering it in much more detail than we are here. But I mean, what a move by the Bucks what front office move. after Giannis dropped those Swinging hints that he might want the out, and they fences. they unloaded. Good I for agree. them. And apparently, and again, this was um, Chris Haynes who tweeted this out after the trade happened. But again. Obviously, he's very close with Dame Lillard, has built a very close relationship with him and Goodwin, his agent. And he tweeted out that Dame and Giannis had talked about, like, it'd be fun to play with each other in the past, but neither of them, each of them being loyal to their local market teams, neither of them wanting to leave the market to go to the other's team kind of thing. And so it is kind of cool if they meet up and, and get to play together. I think it, it is a, a great offensive match. Like, that, that offensive firepower is going to be impressive the defense and the depth is something to keep to, to monitor for the Bucks. For sure. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Taylor, let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we're going to talk Sam Presti and his press conference that he held today. We will be right back. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. Taylor, I found this hilarious. I got on YouTube this evening. And the official Thunder YouTube tweeted out Thunder general manager Sam Presti's opening statement from his press conference. And, I and saw they, that. they put the video. 
It's a 35-minute video for an opening statement of his press conference. It's okay. You know what's even funnier than that? Because I was listening while I was working. I had, like, had my headphones in or whatever, clicked on the Thunder app, put my phone down, and it was part, it's like listening to a podcast. And um, he mentioned something at the very beginning where he was like, you know, given this season and yada, 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 compared to last season, like I'm not sure I have a lot of new insight to really give you all this year. And then he, and then he proceeds to go for minutes. 35 minutes. It yep. was amazing. I was like, that is, that's like me saying, oh, well, I have a really quick answer here for you, Jacob, Nick, and Justin, and Kamiar, and Sola. Um, and I go on for 20 minutes. It's beautiful. I absolutely loved it. I watched the whole thing. Um, I have a few specific things I want to talk about, but before we get to those, any big picture stuff or quotes or anything that you have that you want to bring up before we dive deep into a few of these topics? I think you captured the really good, like when I'm looking at our doc, I think you captured some of the really good big themes. Uh, I think the ones that I have here, just maybe to go through a little quicker before we dive into the the bigger themes, it's just some of the things he mentioned kind of towards the beginning of his presser. He kind of compare again, he made a lot of comparisons to, you know, or he kind of started all off with saying, you know, 15 years ago, we unveiled the Thunder logo. And when the Thunder tweeted that out, like, you know, he really, that really resonated with him. He thought a lot about it. And so he kind of compared the eras, which I found interesting. Jacob, he he mentioned, <laughs> and this is such a Presty, Presty answer or a Presty quote, but it, it, it really encapsulates like a lot of the, it, we, we talk about the change in, and thinking, I think that the, the change in team building, roster construction that Presty has for this era of the Thunder versus the Russ era. And Presti said that back then during that era, he didn't mention, you know, he didn't call it the Russ era, but uh, their team motto, you know, what they would tell the players is more so make a play. And that makes so much sense when you think about Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Instead, for this team, this era, he mentioned serve the game. And then he went to talk about the sacrifice and making the extra pass and make, cutting, et cetera, et cetera. So I found that interesting. What were your thoughts yeah. there? Yeah, uh, total Sam Presti in, in that answer. He mentioned, I think he picked that up from a book he read in college. Um, but yeah, that, the idea of serving the game, you can have a whole bunch of skills and do a whole bunch of stuff great, but if you don't fit in with your team, if it doesn't help your teammates out, then you're not really about winning and Serving the game basically just means making the winning play, doing the right thing, even if it's not fun, even if it's not sexy, if it's a box out or a cut and you're not getting the ball, but you're shifting the defense, uh, serve the game. And I, so that, that I, one transitions. I dig, I dig it. That one transitions into uh, another thing that I kind of picked up early on. But one thing I don't have here, and I just remembered, sparked my memory because you mentioned it, Jacob, the book he read in college, again, I don't have this one prepared. So I don't remember the book name I, and I don't remember the St. John's player. I think that he mentioned or St. Mary's player that he mentioned, but uh, Paris Lar- uh, Lawson of the thunder followed up on that and said, you know, Sam, you mentioned that book that you read in college. What were some of the things you took from that, that you still utilize today? And he went on this story, which was so cool. Kind of like went full circle about how, you know, when he was a D three, a division three college basketball player, and he was playing, uh, he went to a gym, a local gym, and, was, and, and found this guy. And they basically were playing one-on-one. And he talked about this guy just humbling him real quick. He, like, dropped his shoulder, like, went straight into his chest, basically full Lou Dort style, and just laid Presty on his butt. And Presty was like, there was nobody there watching, 
and that's still probably maybe the most embarrassed he's ever been in his entire life. <laughs> and I forget, he, he said the guy's name, but long story short, he found that guy's contact info. He reached out to him and, and asked him if he rem remembered the story. And, uh, you know, one thing that really stood out to Presti is that this guy, even after that, instead of just like walking off and like pointing at him and, you know, flipping him off or whatever, he stayed with them. He stayed with Presti and worked on him with different things like, you know, to prevent this from happening again, put your foot here and you need to have a stronger base and et cetera, et cetera. So he calls this guy up and says, hey, that was really memorable and impactful for me. And I really appreciated it. And this guy says, well, you know, thank you for reaching out. That means a lot to me. But that actually happened to me before I passed it down to you because I was playing in a similar situation one-on-one -on -one with some guy back in the you know back in the day. His name was Stan Van Gundy. That's awesome. So I thought that was awesome. That was kind of the the yeah the summary there. But anyways, uh, style play. Another quote that really stood out to me there, Jacob related is the way we play allows us to absorb a lot of different talents. And Presty explained that the Thunder's play style. That has been spearheaded by Mark Dagnall really allows them to bring in the dubs, giddies, chets, shays, and for them all to kind of be able to coexist and, mm -hmm. and play at their own levels. He, he gave the analogy of a spinal tap, which is really fascinating. Yeah, if someone is turn turned up, up to an 11, 11, then you drown on everybody else and being able right. to play off. Of each no other. one can play well. It's find the right balance on the mixing board. But he said those levels actually change over time. It's not like, okay, beginning of the season, Shay's at a 10, Dub's at an 8, Giddy's at a 7.5. Yeah, it, like it's, it's game not that game, it changes play over to play, time. It shifts. Right. And being I able to, to manage that, that balance. Yeah, it's really cool. Love that analogy. I, I, I guess the only other thing, he said something he mentioned with Shay. I, he, he mentioned talking with Dub. And he mentioned talking with Shay. He was like, oh, I was just talking about this with Dub yesterday. I was just talking about this with Shay the other day. And I love that so much. Like that's a GM who has a great relationship with his players. And I just, I loved hearing that. But one that he talked about, uh, speaking about with Shay was just that, oh, sorry, got a Stein notification, but just uh, Dame trade is officially announced. So, which is interesting. That means that the Drew Holiday potential trade won't be looped in. Nope. Kind of thought they might loop that in. Uh, anyways, he mentioned, he, he he talked about this with Shea. It's fascinating he t that Sam talked about this with Shea because he's a focal point, obviously, the, the leader, the star of his team right now. And he said, because we're so young and, and inexperienced, our rate of learning, to out it, it has to outpace our youth and experience. So basically, you guys are young. You're learning on the fly. And our rate of learning, you know, which I find fascinating. It kind of contradicts some of the like, I don't know, some of the expectations he was trying to set leading into the the, the beginning of the the press conference he had, like trying to temper expectations. I felt that theme a lot. The trying to temper expectations mentioned multiple times. We're not even a 500 basketball team. Like you missed it by one game, man. Right. Um, and then you like hear his excitement. Yeah, progression isn't linear. Um, these guys will take a step back. Somebody asked a question about how good Dub could be. And he was like, well, if you remember beginning of last season, Josh played good at the end of his rookie year and then had a, a drop-off at the beginning of his second year. And the game was different. You can't carry it over. Like There was a lot of, let's pump the brakes, slow it down, tempering expectations today. I felt that very strongly. And I think I, it, that probably is a good transition to some of the bigger things that you have here, You know, such as he was asked about uh, trading assets. Yeah, to make so, a big splash move and things of so that nature. Let's jump into that. Um, I'm going to read this quote. It's kind of long, 
But whenever somebody asked him about pushing the chips to the middle, making a trade uh, to go get a superstar, this was Presti's response. He said a couple things on this. Obviously, I knew this question was coming. I have thought about this question in a way to kind of put it into terms that isn't dismissive because there's no script here. I don't want to give you the sense we practice what we preach. We are open-minded clearly. But there's a couple of reasons why I think that particular topic is maybe not relevant right now. One, I used the example with the paint last year. You can't buy the paint for your house before you've bought the house. You don't know where the house is. You don't know how big it is. You don't know how, what style it is, et cetera, et cetera. We don't really know what we have right now. So to even say, um, this is very broad, but a star, where do we get up? Who's to say we don't already have that player uh, or somebody who could be really good in that spot already? We don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. My mind went to Usman Jang here whenever he started talking about I that. I love that. I love that. I, said, I even thought about like just uh, Jalen Williams, uh, Jake Dove yeah. as well. Like, yes, he looks great and amazing right now, but like, what if he is a Jalen Brown or a uh, Drew yeah. Holiday? You don't know, you know? what you, you, you can't. You don't know what you have yet. You got to figure that out first. He right. said, we may not, but chances are it's really hard to find those players. We have one of them. If there happens to be one or two or more on the roster, then we're like, we've really gotten fortunate. So that's the first thing. He's willingly just coming out publicly and saying, Shay's that guy. We already have one. And then we might have two or three or four. So I think Sam Presti's in on... On some yes, of the guys for sure, one hundred percent. And he also mentioned too, like when talking about he, he got a question about, uh, about Dub. I think you mentioned that question, Jacob. But he basically talked about you know like given um, given how Dub is viewed, basically like it, how high we think of Dub, and he kind of corrects himself, you know, uh, and, and says something along, along the lines of you know how how people are talking about Dub, but what he really was saying there is like. We we agree. We think yeah. Dub is a very special player, and so you're right. It's not just Dub. I, I think he thinks the same with Giddy, and obviously they want to see what Chet looks like because Definitely. what if Chet's a one A or one B? Yep. All right. So to continue, he says the second thing is again, I'm not trying to dismiss everyone's excitement, but we're not a 500 team. Like I said earlier, we have to finish our breakfast before we start acting like we're on the cusp of something. I think this is again part of the headwinds that you face as a young team. I wouldn't want to, quote, cash in to become average or above average. I don't think that's really what anyone is expecting. When people say go all in, I don't think they're saying go all in to have one season that's slightly better than your last season. I think when the team is performing at an extremely high level, you then know something could help us. But you have better information. You can be accurate. We're big on accuracy. The other thing I would say, I think this is really important is we can't let the fact that we have some additional draft capital make us soft. You don't want to lose your industriousness. We can't cut corners here. It doesn't matter if we do this or if we do that because we have these tools that are just going to solve everything. I absolutely love this part. Basically saying it's not a crutch. It's, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. We have to be very intentional with what we have. He continues... I don't know how many times people have gone. I'm not sure exactly the nom. I don't even know how to say this word. The nomenclature or all in cash out your chips, etc. I don't know what that means. When I think about it, I think about a gambling scenario, which again, doesn't jive with sustainable success. 
it jives with like gambling, live or die, lose the house, go home and explain <laughs> to your significant other what happened. I don't want us to rely on that. Like it's some type of um, fix all because it's not one. I don't know how often it's actually worked that someone has done that. And then two, we might need those tools to have a functional payroll over time if our players turn out to be as good as some people are projecting. That is the last, that last part right there is what stood out to me the most. Sorry, is there more? Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's more. And I'll finish it up here in just a second. But yeah, that, but we'll, we'll put a pin here and we'll come back cool. to this part in just a second. Now, I can't protect that. I don't know. But those tools are relatively important to some uh, of the more high-performing teams in the league right now that have big payrolls. I understand it's a bit of, again, these types of questions. There's a performative to do what would be almost performative. I don't think you can make a rational case for it now. But perhaps at some point, when we have a little more information, the team has demonstrated its capability and played in high-performing games, and we see what our limitations are, potentially, but I don't know that there's a lot of good rational thinking behind the other than impulse and following content creation that is just part of the world that we live in. So, Nailed big it. takeaway. He doesn't rule it out, but they don't know what they have yet. They want to see what they have yet. And those draft picks play a massive role in controlling payroll moving forward when they max out guys like Josh and Dub and Chet. Bingo. And that, 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 like you said, the, the part we put a, a pin on him, even mentioning that just kind of, I don't know. It, it's almost unlike Presty because he's it so excited kind of, like, that he kind of broke his, yeah, right. Exactly. He's like, yeah. look, we're very excited about this young core. We think these guys can be those, those type of players. We can have them young controllable, controllable contracts. And if we're building a team around these guys long-term, and we think we can keep all these guys together, we're going to need those picks, a la Especially a team in the new CBA. trade with. Yeah, right, with the new CBA. The which new CBA also prioritizes mentioned. picks over trades and free agents. I, and I I'm think about record, Taylor. I, I think that's how they're going to build this team. They're just going to keep making draft picks. Correct. And, I, and Jacob, I, I think about the team that they just did a trade with, the Denver Nuggets, who Presti also showed a lot of respect for when he was asked about them today. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? Well, they traded for some some picks, or they traded up with the Thunder in this draft to get some second-round picks that they're able to get on cheap contracts who can contribute immediately and help their team with some – their championship team with some young controllable, controllable contracts, again, that can contribute immediately. Meanwhile, the Thunder got a pick further down the road. Um, I see the – I agree with you completely. I see Sam Presti doing something very similar to what – and I can't remember the GM's name for the Nuggets. I think he has that same line of thinking. Totally agree. Next quote I want to go to. I forget like where this quote was buried in the two hours and what the context around it was, but it was a big standout that I want to talk about uh, regarding Josh Giddy. Quote, this is a much shorter one, so <laughs> don't worry. Quote, Josh has, got, Josh has got to get to the free throw line. I think we've paid our dues on that. He's 6'9", and people are teeing off on him when he drives. That has to go our way now. A little bit of pointedness towards like officiating here, I feel like. Um, and also just kind of like earning your dues as a player. Uh, nobody really gets a ton of foul calls their rookie year. But it sounds to me like Presti feels very strongly that Josh is being aggressive. He's going to the basket. He's got the size. 
he needs to start getting the calls. Now, Taylor, in Josh's rookie year, he took 1.5 free throws per game, shot 71%. Last season, 1.9, so it went up 0.4, 73%. We did see a pretty significant jump in FIBA. I think he averaged like five or six free throws a game yep. during FIBA. It sounds like if Presti is openly saying this in a press conference, we know he's had talks with Mark Dagnall and the coaching staff and Josh about this. And I think they're going to continue to have Josh be very physical going to the basket and are expecting more whistles based off Josh's reputation this year. Could not agree more. Like you said, reputation is a big thing. Also the way Josh has filled out. I don't want to get into too many specifics because Jacob, we have one of probably the best uncontested annual podcast tradition coming up here, probably in like what two weeks, two three weeks. Pod. The bet pod, and so uh, I think that getting free throw number is a good one to, for a potential bet. So I won't mm-hmm. go into specifics, but I, I agree with you completely. They're obviously expecting a him to get more calls based off just refereeing in general. I thought that was kind of a, a, a call, a, kind of him calling them out as well. And B, Josh just being more physical, being able to finish through contact or in, initiate those fouls, uh, being able to uh, kind of battle through contact and or, or drop fouls, being able to kind of uh, initiate that contact. And yeah. Definitely. And it kind of ties back to some stuff he said uh, at his postseason press conference, just about the toughness of the team and being more physical, uh, I think that quote and this quote about Josh really go hand in hand. And he actually mentioned Josh last, uh, during that that same availability, and mentioned like specific play he had. Against the Bulls. The Rocket, or the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a great callback. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yep. All right, Taylor, let's take another break on the other side. We're going to talk about two more big topics that Presti spoke on uh, before we get out of here. So we'll be right back. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Taylor, next one I want to talk about. Taylor is bailing on me, so uh, I will talk about it by myself until Taylor gets back. We got some Chet Holmgren talk. This quote, I've kind of pieced this one together from Sam Presti. Uh, So I'm going to mention like different quotes within the bigger Chet talk that he had. Uh. He said he has a touch of gray now because he's in he's a year in. Uh, things that he learned during 
the time he set out, understanding schematics, uh, the language and, and the terms of the team, et cetera. And he's definitely stronger. He was able to be in an off-season training regiment all last year, and we learned a lot about him as a worker. I remember we won a game one night, an exciting game down the stretch. I was on the road at a college game, and I was thinking to myself, what is Chet thinking right now? And I called him, and I said, you're going to be a part of that. You're going to be in the mix. I thought that was awesome just because... Like thinking about the the person that Chet is and like that competitive drive and not getting a chance to be a part of that. Uh, he mentioned like Chet being on the peripheral, uh, not getting to participate, being done with his work at 11 a.m. because his quote Super Bowl of the day was just moving his ankle up and down. And how like mentally challenging that is, but how Chet attacked it with like 100% every day. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, where am I at? Uh, da, da, da. He's going to be tested all year. Guys who challenge shots like him, he's going to get dunked on. As far as the position, that's a big question, and we don't know the answer to that. He's going to play everywhere with different players. He might play one position on one end, a different position on the other end, I found a lot of the quotes on Chet interesting, but my biggest takeaway from what Presti said about Chet is that he's just a dog. They mentioned the mindset, um, the aggressiveness, uh, the the being bought in. Like maybe my biggest takeaway from these quotes, Taylor, is just that they see the dog in Chet. You're muted. I was about to say right before I spoke, I stopped. I was like, I think I'm muted. Sorry for leaving you hanging there for a second uh, on the live stream. I had a dog whining who needed out. And I know if I left him outside, he would start barking and it would just be a disaster all around. Uh, but no, I agree completely. I thought, again, he was trying to kind of to use the same phrase, temper, I think, his excitement for Ch or his optimism for Chet. I can certainly see there's a lot of optimism there. They just, just the, I think they just think so highly of him as a person and as a competitor. Right. And and how he handled, like you mentioned, you know, his his injury, his rehab last season, yeah. him being around the team. I, I really compare it to like being a redshirt freshman in college. Check out a redshirt freshman year, his rookie season. And so they expect him to come in ready to perform. And uh, that's really exciting. And and I think, you know, it says a lot that we talked, you know, about his quote about Presti's quote about not wanting to push all your chips into the middle of the table, essentially until you see what you really have. And I think the, the big reason there is because they think so highly of Chet Holmgren and they want to see what he looks like. And so you're right. Like, I, I kind of like the, the, that mention of a touch of gray. That's funny. I, like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, I think also an interesting part of this is the position talk saying they don't know his position and, you know, he's going to play a different position on offense than defense sometimes. And depending on who he's playing with, I think ultimately Chet is a five, but they are very big on never pigeonholing somebody into something and exploring everything. So even though I think Chet will be a five and I think Chet's going to be at his best at the five, I think they're going to try him out all over the place. 
I could not agree they're more. They're just going to tinker. They're going to see what it looks like. Could not agree more. And the I only think other their, part. Their philosophy is like, we think he's great at a, as a five. And we don't think he would be good as a four. But do we actually know that? Do we have facts and data to back that up? We need the data first. I feel like they're very like analytically like data driven. And, and so okay, maybe he didn't look the best with Jay Will, or or maybe he looks fine with Jay Will. Like, okay, we have some stats here of him as a four, quote unquote four with Jay Will, but what does he look like with Alexei Pokushevsky as a the other big? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's the way Dignall. Or what does and, he look like if we let him guard the perimeter and we have Kenrich Williams down low or whatever? Jay right. Will dropping back, and, and even though he's not a quote-unquote rim protector, he protects the rim and the basket by being able to throw those charges. Was look like when you send Chet out on the perimeter and you have Jay Will back there. Great point. Yep. So, Great point. There is one other, last part of of Chet's, uh, or sorry, his comments on Chet that stood out to me that I want your your thoughts on. He said, "Guys who challenge shots like him, he's going to get dunked on." You know, uh, and I think there's one other. I thought he elaborated on that a little bit. Anyways, regardless, then he kind of went into like the positionless talk, like we just talked about. But he's kind of alluding to what we alluded to. We've talked so much about, okay, people are concerned, you know, quote unquote, people outside of the Thunder, outside, you know, just that the national narrative is Chet's going to get bullied by the, the Joel Embiid's and Jokic's and DeAndre Ayton, whoever it may be. Okay. So it was, basically everybody else in the league mm-hmm. and the style, like what are those teams going to do in the modern NBA? Are they just going to throw the ball down low to Deandre Ayton? If you're Portland, yeah. this, or, was, this was a discussion on uh hoops collective too. And um, Bond, or uh, not bond temps, uh, McMahon. Yeah. But, well, he, bond temps was saying like, what happens when Memphis throws the ball down to Steven Adams? If you're going to give Steven Adams 30 post touches a game, be my guest. <laughs> you're going to get blown out by this thunder team. Because they're going to play Stephen Adams off the floor before that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, totally agree. Um, Chet will get dunked on. And I will be sad when it happens. He's going to block the shit out of a lot of people. Exactly and what he, I was going to say. He's going to get posterized, but he's also going to He's coming back the next play. He's coming back the very next play. He doesn't care. And that's why I love him. that dog in him. He got that dog in him. <laughs> Last one. Comment about Victor Oladipo. Quote, the answer to that is he won't be at camp, so we'll have to make a decision on that contract. VO is great. He's been through a lot. He'll be back this season at some point, and I'm sure he'll be playing with like a really good team at some point. But just wish uh, with him our, our roster situation, we just can't prioritize that right now. We're huge fans of his. He's got a great spirit, man, and no one can battle through the things that he's battled through unless you have that kind of spirit and optimism, in addition to being an extremely talented guy. He'll be back, and I think he'll be helping someone. Just the alignment for us doesn't make sense right now. Taylor, our first hint at the roster cuts. Presti, tell me who you're cutting without telling me who you're cutting. I thought that was just about the most straightforward answer you will get from Presti. It was right there. Uh, essentially, we, he was saying that we acquired Depot for the assets, and uh, you know we fully expect him to be able, be able to play with a hopefully a playoff contender, another team. But he won't be on this roster because it doesn't make sense for where we are as a franchise. Yep, um, we had kind of kicked the tires around a little bit on 
do they keep Oladipo in that large contract to make a move down the line? Well, he kind of told us they don't plan on making a move. And then he told us basically just that they're going to cut Victor Oladipo. I wonder if they keep him around for a little bit to let him rehab and then cut him because uh, nobody's chomping at the bit to sign him right now. That will be more like a Christmas time thing. But very, very clear to me that Victor Oladipo will not make the 15-man for this team. Agreed. Agree completely. So now I start to think about like, okay. Oh, and then the other thing too is like, you know, he talked very highly about uh, Micic and and his role with this team moving yeah, forward. Yeah, about how I don't see him being just traded. Kind of aligned. Yeah, things just kind of aligned for for Micic to to come over. There was like a no buyout clause in his contract before, and he had some goals overseas and right this summer. That's why it didn't happen kind of Yeah, right. And then uh, he mentioned him when talking about the three point shooting. He also mentioned uh, Davis Bertans, and that, uh, that's the reason I brought Vasa. up Mitchich. I dig it. Vasa. Vasa. That's Vasa awesome. Mitchich. Oh, there's some t-shirts ideas for the, the uncontested there. Uh, we'll, we'll have to communicate to Justin. But uh, he also mentioned uh, Bertans, and, and it seems like, again, like that's going to be another veteran like we've seen in the past with Mascala, uh, with other uh, Al Horford, like other veterans. Maybe not to that degree, obviously, as an Al Horford a couple years ago, but Seems like Bertans will get minutes for this roster, uh, at least for the first part of the season. We'll so see. All those things. It, we'll it made me feel see. like that wasn't going to be a roster cut. I think yeah. Jack White's the other obvious one. Mm-hmm. But that's just a weird And then we'll deal. see. He, he, he also name-dropped Trey Mann today as a guy yep. who he sees in the gym all the time working out. And then mentioned uh, JRE right after that. So for the same reasons, yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what comes down, but I think we can officially use a pen to scratch out Victor Oladipo's name. No more pencil. No more light markings that we can erase through. I we think have our can, first roster cut. I think <laughs> you can go with, with pen and Sharpie on that one for sure. Taylor, it's been a good show. I think it's time we get out of here, though. We have content. lots and lots coming up this coming Sunday. No pod, so make sure not to tune in live. We will be live Monday, though, after media day, of which Taylor and Nick will both be in attendance. So if you want your us to ask your favorite Thunder player a question, tweet at Taylor. He probably isn't going to ask it, but you can still tweet your question to Taylor nonetheless. I'll try my hardest. We will go live Monday night to talk all things Thunder media day. Next Wednesday, we'll talk training camp and what we're hearing out of training camp. The following Sunday, FanFest. Make sure to go sign up and get your tickets for FanFest. In order to register, all you got to do is go to okcthunder.com slash FanFest. It's going to be a blast. Once FanFest is completed, we will be live getting ready for the first Thunder preseason game. It is almost here. Can't wait. You guys have a great rest of your week and weekend. We will talk to you Monday next week after we hear from the GOAT SGA, the Australian GOAT Josh Giddy, the American GOAT Chet Holmgren. We'll chat soon, guys. Have a great weekend. Until then, and as always, good luck.